in memory of James Buford Levitz, who gave me the book on which these stories are based. Disclaimer. While some of the content of this book is based upon fact, and some text is taken from other texts, so much liberty and mischief has been applied that fact and fiction are utterly confused. And unless you believe, as I do, that truth is not entirely factual, or at least that it is not factually certain, then you should assume that there is nothing truthful in this book at all. Acknowledgements I thank and acknowledge these sources and inspirations for what you shall read. Especially, and first, I am grateful to Mrs. Wilson for her tales, Charles Colty, who told them to Franz Boas, who translated them, and my friend Jim Levitz, who gave me this rare out-of-print Octavio, which he had found under the eaves of his farmhouse in North Branch in 1973. Kathlamet Text, Bulletin 26 of the Bureau of American Anthology, Franz Boas, Editor, Smithsonian Institute, Washington, 1901. So many coincidences must occur to make a single life event. I must therefore also acknowledge these others, not in any specific order. Wisconsin Death Trip by Michael Lessie and news reports from the Badger State Banner of Black River Falls, which he compiled for his book and which are quoted at intervals between tales. And Bradstreet, the prophet Joel, the prophet of Coalith, John Muir, Wikipedia, Lord Alfred Tennyson, Father Peter Pernan's account of the Peshtigo Fire and the publications of the State Historical Society of Wisconsin, archives of the Great Chicago Fire under the auspices of the Chicago Historical Society and the trustees of the Northwestern University, especially the narratives of Catherine O'Leary, Julia Lemos, Bessie Bradwell, William Gallagher, Fanny Bell Becker, and Horace White. John Lennon and Paul McCartney, D.H. Lawrence, Rudyard Kipling, Robert Herrick, and Anonymous. Everything else comes from the blue sky or bowels or the instant lightning between them. Forward. These tales were recorded when Mrs. Wilson and two others were the only surviving Native Americans who could speak Kathlamet and could possibly tell them. No other person in these days understood the language in which they were spoken. Now, no one tells these tales. No one speaks the language. None of its people have survived. These collected myths and tales were transcribed for the Bureau of American Ethnology in November of 1895 under the direction of its director, the father of anthropology, Franz Boas. Only a handful of bound editions of these Kathlamet texts were printed by the Smithsonian Institute in 1901. I found one in an attic under the eaves of a farmhouse in the prairie of Minnesota in 1973. While Boaz tells us that his immediate source was the Chinook informant Charles Culty, it's inferred that his mother's mother, who was Kathlamet, had originated them. Because the qualities of the selected texts identified by Boaz as Kathlamet myths seem distinctively and thematically told with the insight of a woman, I think of them as Mrs. Wilson's tales. I suppose I could have called them his mother's mother's tales, but we have Mrs. Wilson's photograph in this Smithsonian monograph to consider. 
And then again, this might not be her photograph. Mrs. Wilson is therefore an inchoate reference to a presence to which is owed the debt of truth and beauty, but of which we cannot be certain. When a tale or a symbol comes into your mind, just as a food or a drink is consumed, it is integrated materially with who you are. Who you are changes by it, just as who you are changes it. Incorporation is necessary. Otherwise, what is more than you will implant like a cyst. It will not nourish. I'm not Cathlamet. I am one mote of the great diaspora of Great Britain, the drifted pioneer and pilgrim across the Midwest of the American continent. You must take yourself, like your ancestry, as it is given. Hence, what Mrs. Wilson has told, I heard in myself as myself, and so I have retold them in words that are mine. As her tales are told of the Pacific Northwest and her people, and the creatures and flora of that place in the times before the 20th century, so mine are told of Wisconsin and my people, and the creatures and flora of that place in the times before the 20th century. These are no imitations. I have tried to retell her tales in faith to their original supple expression of life, to be alive in the moment we feel, what feeling bursts in the laughter of the baby, in kittens playing for no reason, in the taste of a ripe peach, or for that matter, in the death of that infant, or kitten, or the rotting of the neglected fruit at an abandoned orchard. Qualities reflective of a natural truth. But they will not be some dead moon to her son. In the entangling reflection, sometimes what is she is less distorted by me than what is I is distorted by she. Mrs. Wilson's tales are included separately and are included in this podcast in a parallel sequence hoping that you will listen to them along with mine.